Hello and welcome to episode 163 of Nat's Talk on the Go. I'm your host, Craig McHenry, and joining me as sometimes, Ryan Sullivan of NatsGM.com, the Baron of all baseball podcasts. Thank you for joining me again, Ryan. Well, hello, Mr. McHenry. How are you this evening? I'm doing, you know, better than the Nat score indicates as we record. It is six to one, Pirates. Ugh. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of gl- This is one of those times where I'm glad I can't see the TV from where we're recording. So luckily I'm not watching this. So, Yeah, we're not going to have uh, too much to really good to talk about. Uh, obviously, we'll get in a little of uh, Matt Reynolds, or excuse me, Mark Reynolds. Sorry, knew that was going to happen. <laughs> um, I mean, I know he's been hot his- in Syracuse and all, but still, you know. Yeah, so not too much great going on in uh, the world of the Nats right now. Had a brief three-game winning streak uh, after a closed-door meeting, uh, which led into a Sunday loss against the Marlins. Um, kind of bad, ugly, boring loss. And now come out, come up to Pittsburgh, and the Nationals have not started the series well. Obviously, a lot can happen as the team came back from a nine-run deficit last week against the Marlins. Have you ever seen a team come back from nine runs, Ryan? No, I, I don't think so. I, honest to goodness, I mean, I really, and you're putting me on the spot. But I am, abs- there's going to be a lot of putting you on the spot tonight. But I, I have you? Because I can't think of a time where I've seen nine runs. I mean, I think that they've had some decent comebacks in Nats history, I feel like, but no, no, yeah, is that, a lot. That, this was definitely the biggest Nats comeback. The only one I can remember being bigger was I want to say it was late 90s, uh, maybe mid-90s. It was Cleveland Indians came back on the Mariners, I want to say 10 or 11 runs down, and came back to win. Uh, I remember something like that. Obviously, I'll look up after this and figure out it was some other time, but or two different teams or something like that, but I'm pretty sure it was Cleveland and Seattle. But really, seeing nine runs, I think it was the largest comeback in baseball since June or July of 2016. So not something that happens every day or even every season as it is. So really awesome to see. And then Trey Turner uh, with eight RBIs coming out of nowhere. Yeah, all their games recently have been really strange, right? We've had these either monster blowouts one way or the other. It's We've had one decent game in what feels like a week recently. Yeah, it's been a lot of boom or bust for the Nationals offense much more bust than boom it seems um going from trey turner's eight rbi game to mark reynolds incredible five for five ten rbi performance which i really didn't think i would see a performance on par with anthony rendon's 10 rbi performance last year but out of nowhere comes mark reynolds on saturday night when uh yours truly was in attendance uh just really, really cool to see, uh, especially for a player like Mark Reynolds, who's been around the block. Uh, another one of these players in the vein of uh, J.D. Martinez in terms of did not get signed until late. Um, I think the Nationals ended up having to sign him to a minor league contract. And then he's been fantastic, uh, at least for the first couple of weeks, and then a little bit of a slump and then busted out of it in a big way. 
Yeah, what a just what a great way to see this guy. I mean, he didn't get one major league offer this offseason after hitting 30-something home runs in Colorado last year, and pretty exceptional to see what he's done. I mean, like you said, there was a slump there for about the last three or four weeks, but he came in, hit the pinch hit home run on, I guess, Friday night. Then Friday he, night, and then the very next pitch he saw, he had a two-run homer. And then goes five for five and basically single-handedly wins the game. I think he was the NL Player of the Week. I think it was announced today. Uh, yep. Just what a great job by Rizzo. Go ahead. Yeah, there have been – Mike Rizzo just – once again, we're going to sing the praises of just finding a diamond in the rough type player like that and getting him out of nowhere and just really getting whatever value you can. And I haven't seen the release yet, but I really, really, really hope – it's got his three-pitch, third-of-an-inning, uh, knuckleball ground out on the, on the press release. I mean, he really league. did have that hitter out way out front. I mean, that was kind of a number right to first base. I mean, I was pretty yep. impressed. And then he didn't cover first, which was even better. Of course, yeah. Mm. Definitely, definitely got a kick out of that one. Um, but, yeah, it's been a lot of bust. The Nationals have had a, a really rough time. The last several weeks and things have been pretty bleak on Nat's Twitter. It's been pretty dark. Uh, yeah, have not you, a lot of shiny, happy people. I must say, thank you, REM. I've been trying to avoid Nat's Twitter a lot during games because it's it's either we get way too excited when we have 17 runs or we want to, you know, collectively. I don't know how dark we want to go, but it just it gets really oh, dark. Know. I mean, you know, these people feel like they want to kill themselves when they don't score. And it's like, all right, guys, we need to relax just a little bit. It's baseball. We love it, but yep. Yep. It, it gets a little scary for me. back with 80, 70 games to go. That's not horrible. No. I, I will say, though, that Atlanta's much better than I thought they were going to be, particularly their pitching. And Yes. I, you know, I didn't think Philly – this is about what I thought Philly would be. Maybe a little bit better, but yeah. I thought they'd be about a 500 team. I think it's more yeah. that we're just playing poor baseball. It's very, very bad baseball. And, and I know. And, and can we talk about criticisms... that? Because it really is. That's more the thing that drives me crazy. It's not that our record, it's we really haven't played a stretch of baseball where it was like, all right, we're playing good baseball and maybe you lose three to two, four to three, or whatever. But it, it, it doesn't feel like we've really run off a stretch of playing good baseball, even nine innings of good baseball this entire year. It's been, there was a couple stretches there. Uh, I think that they started the season 4-0, and um, and then there were a couple really good moments there for the first month and a half, maybe, uh, really cruising, but lately it's been just, I mean, I don't want to say dumpster fire. I think that's a bit aggressive. I mean, it's a 500 baseball club. Uh, for anyone who's sat through the 100 and 101 lost seasons, I mean, this is this is far better than that, and I think there are definitely some people out there that's been uh, that have been a bit spoiled, but going kind of back to the ugly baseball that you're talking about. Um, I'm seeing stupid outs at third base with no outs, Daniel Murphy. I'm seeing caught stealings when you get a bad jump, when you're not reading the pitcher correctly. I'm seeing lackadaisical fielding. Uh, a lot of just general poor decisions. You know, um, I'm seeing a lot of really poor decisions on the base pass, but I'm not seeing a lot of the, well, we gambled and we won. I'm seeing a lot of the gambled and we lost, but I'm really not seeing a whole lot of that. Oh, we gambled and we won. Aren't you yeah. supposed to get a little bit of that when you take a gamble? Yeah, not so much of that. And uh, the 
largest refrain in the last week or two, maybe, uh, has been the performance of new rookie skipper Davey Martinez. What are your thoughts on Davey Martinez? What are we, three and a half months into his Nationals career? Uh, underwhelmed, but in that respect, he, he's been put a little bit behind the eight ball in, in a lot of ways as well. well yeah, how uh, so? Well, I, I, we've got to be fair. His, it, there have been a lot of injuries to this team and to a lot of really good players. I mean, we had Eaton gone for a long time. We had Murphy gone for most of the season and still playing hurt. And frankly, that may be another topic to bring up as well. He probably shouldn't even be playing baseball. Zimmerman's out. Um, you know, we've lost a lot of guys. Strasburg's not pitching right now. Hellickson we missed for a while. So in his defense, he has been dealing with injuries to critical guys. But the in-game stuff is, particularly with the bullpen, has been. I, I know he's been a little handcuffed, but some of the stuff he's had to do has just been... Just puzzling is a nice way to put it. But before we yeah, dive in too deep, there, I, I want to flip. Like, let me flip it to you before we dive too deep because I'm curious yeah. your thoughts too. Um, yeah, I I definitely agree that there have been some more puzzling bullpen decisions. Uh, going to, to Kinsler four times in five days right after coming off of the DL with what was it forearm discomfort? Um, <sighs> that is definitely something I would call puzzling. Uh, sending Sammy Solis down and leaving one left-handed pitcher in the bullpen, out, I, I think, is also something that's very puzzling. Um, yeah, I don't think he's had the best cards to deal with, as you mentioned. I mean, you're looking at Jeffrey Rodriguez on the mound, and if you'd have told me that Jeffrey Rodriguez was going to be getting multiple starts for the Nationals before July... I would have said, who's Jeffrey Rodriguez? So, and, and in his defense, uh, he's actually, he's... aside from tonight, he's actually thrown the ball pretty well. But no, yeah. I, I agree with your point. But we knew coming into the season, we said, hey, what happens if XYZ fifth starter doesn't work out? It was Fetty, and then it was Cole, who's now pitching great for the Yankees. Thanks a lot. And, yep. you know, perhaps Jeffrey Rodriguez. Yeah, so there's definitely been some uh, bad hands with the pitching, and uh, Tanner Roark hasn't found his stride this season. Uh, Gio Gonzalez has been a mix of old Gio Gonzalez and, and 2017 Gio Gonzalez, so also not consistent. And it's tough to really manage a bullpen when, when in one week you've got a starter and Eric Fetty leaving the game after one inning, needing eight innings from your bullpen, and then having your fourth and fifth, or excuse me, your third and fourth starters not be able to go through five innings. Obviously, you're going to run into some problems there. So let me, but let me riding flip. the same horses over and over is not going to be a good situation for anyone. So should we, let me flip the question around a little bit then. So should we be punishing Davey for having, for overworking the eight options he has in the bullpen, or should we be criticizing Mike Rizzo or management saying, you need to at least give him a fresh option as the eighth guy in that bullpen so that he can wear that guy out, send him to the minor leagues, bring Wander back, wear him out, bring Trevor God back, wear him out, bring the next guy back. And, you know, basically the Orioles uh, formula that they've done fairly well the last five or six years. I think we've seen a lot of that already this year. I mean, you worked Sammy Solis to the bone, sent him down. 
you worked Kinsler uh, to, the absolute bone. to the bone, yeah. sent him down. Um, I think, and then you went out and got uh, Herrera from Kansas City uh, as a more fresh arm, yeah. uh, a not as beaten arm, but still a, a back end type piece. And we've worn um, Ryan Madsen completely. He's running on fumes right now because he's so spent. Yep. And then Kinsler, right off, like I said, right off the DL, throwing four out of five. Um, and I know a lot of people in the last few days, at least, that I've seen uh, have been kind of pinning some of this. Uh, and to finally answer your question about whether this is Davey Martinez's fault, um, you kind of go back to the beginning of the year, uh, the first two months of the season, when Gio Gonzalez was pitching well and uh, Steven Strasburg was pitching at the time. And you would see routinely 110, 115, 120 pitches out of your starters to get through later in the game. And maybe it's gotten to a point where you rode the starters a little bit too hard too early. And you hmm. okay. have, they've kind of fallen off and you've needed that from the bullpen who hasn't been in that shape all season. And you've had to really aggressively and quickly pile on innings for them. I think that's a good take. I think that I hadn't thought of it that way, but that's, that's a good, idea. that's a good way to think about it. I, I do think a lot of it is just the fact that he has had so many inconsistent starts. I mean, how many two and a thirds have we had? And even just, you know, Fetty getting pulled the other day, just, you know, a complete, you know, accident or whatever injury related. But he has had a fair amount of those. But, yeah, that's not a good – that's not a bad take, Craig. I, I like that a little bit. Yeah, that's it's, not a bad it, idea. I've heard it's it's interesting for sure. Um I mean, I'd have to, get, know you know, without doing it, without doing honest. the research, I think there's something to that. that that's a very interesting yeah. take. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if I believe it myself, but just in terms of bodies, the Nationals have been a disaster. I mean, we talked earlier this year about seeing Juan Soto at the major league level, and we did not expect him to be getting this extended of a run just solely because of injuries. Um, Adam Eaton out for a while. Uh, Bryce Harper is a shell of Bryce Harper. Um, Do you think Bryce is hurt? Because I definitely think he's hurting. I think he's hurting. I think he has to be hurting somewhat. Um, I think he's also letting things get to him a little bit more. I, I, think, I still don't think I the think, knee's right. Because he's been so bad defensively, he barely moves in the outfield. He looks yeah. like a tin, like the Tin Man. Uh, yeah. I'm, re- I mean, I don't like speculating on players being injured, but I really think that front knee is injured when he's swinging because it, he just doesn't look right. It's very interesting how well he performed in the one spot, and then when you move him out of the one spot, he's a completely different player. I find that interesting. I do too, because like, it's not. Just, what happened to all the walks? Like, where's that batting eye? You obviously have it. I mean, I'll give him that he was pressing for ten days, and I can certainly see you press because you want to get you know all of a sudden go from batting two fifteen to three fifteen. But like you, to your point, it. I don't really see a guy that's going to jump out of this slump either. It's not like a, oh he's, no, I he's just there. Oh man, he's really having good at bats or. Uh, you know, the things that you would sit there and say, oh, he's really getting bad luck. Like, I, I know the numbers say he's having bad luck, but I'm not seeing it. Yeah, I'm just seeing bad at bats and looking ugly and not being able to 
make contact. I also see him he's throwing a, away a lot of at bats too. It, yeah. Letting, oh, the, yeah, there's uh, definitely letting the wrong pitch, you know, letting the OO pitch go down the middle, and now you're 01, and then he swings it, you know, a change up away, and now you're 02, and then some slop up 1 2, and now he strikes out, or he grounds it to first on, you know, the pitch that he should shouldn't swing at. I mean, it's it's just yeah. lousy at bats. Yeah. Um, what do you think this slump, I mean, we'll, we'll just call it a season slump for Bryce Harper outside of the home runs. Um, what do you think this means for his pending free agency? Well, I, I've been on, I think he's going to stay here in DC and, and I've kind of been strongly on that for a while. I, I think it certainly helps. I mean, yeah, I, I think he's going to look around in a market and, but I also think now he's probably going to be looking at a shorter contract than probably what he wanted 12 months ago. I think he might be looking at something like a five-year deal with a two-year out rather than looking at a 10-year yeah. deal with a out after five years and three years or something along those lines. But, I mean, I, th- I think... Yeah, if, you could definitely see a different structure for sure. I mean, if the Nats offered him 150 for five years right now, who says no? Mm-hmm. I'm not. I mean, I'm not sure which I, side says no. Particularly if you give him an out after the second or third year, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure who says no to that contract, and it should work. Yeah, I would think it would work. That um, gets him back on the free agency market at 32 or 31. He could still get a huge deal. He's made 150 million dollars plus the 50 million he's probably made in his his career already. Yep. It's just a thought, but. Or he could go, yeah, you, you know, definitely crush it for two years. And structure, then... But I think there's going to be teams willing to pay up still. Do you really? Especially, I do. I spe- especially uh, AL teams. <laughs> uh, which AL team are you, are you thinking? Are you thinking Yankees or Red Sox? Because I don't see a natural fit with either. Red Sox. Moving Bradley out of there? Yeah, putting I, bets I mean, I in center field, putting Harper in right. Core. They've got such a young core they can keep in the outfield. Yeah, I mean, you'd have it's to get rid of Jackie. New York. No, that's the thing is you start looking around. If it's not going to be New York, and I'm not sure it's going to be with J.D. Martinez sitting there also as your D.H. Uh, but, okay, Boston's what? not a bad idea. How big of a deal did he sign? I think it was three for 75. Yeah. I don't know. It's not a bad idea. I mean, like I say, but he's there are a lot of other options that aren't. I mean, he's probably not going to the Angels. He's no, probably, definitely not going to the He's probably not going to Houston. So you start looking around at what money, where, what AL teams have money that could get him. Yeah. I mean, it's going to take a lot of money is the problem, yeah. Uh, so there's only five legitimate options in the first place. Correct. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just I think there's going to be some team that's going to pay a, a, a Brinks truck or two that would happily outpay the 150 for five. Now you're yeah. gonna now you're gonna take Machado and you're assuming you're gonna put him in the in a Yankee uniform. So that's gonna be their big expenditure. Yep. So and they've got Stanton locked up forever. My, got my judge locked up forever. I mean, the point I'm making is it, you really do start playing that game of musical chairs, and there's not going to be a lot of chairs left. Yep. Which um, could be a good thing for the Nationals, like I say. They may be sitting well, there being if, able to give him a nice deal where he's already around and 
make Boris if look Hayward good and keeps everybody up works the season out. he's having he's going to opt out that would be a hell of a gamble I, i'm not sure yeah. you're wrong oh, but that would be would a hell be. of a gamble mm. it would be mm-hmm. you might be right like i say you might be right but that would be mm. Mm-hmm. yeah so anyway i'm i'm not sure what it means i'm just having the conversation because it's interesting uh I don't know what's going to happen, but I could definitely see uh, something shorter term. Uh, and you, it's crazy to say after, you know, being – is he tied for first in the NL in homers now? It's certain, he's up he, there. I think yeah. he has 23, and I think Jesus Aguilar hit his 23rd last night. I don't know if anyone else is ahead of him, though. So uh, – it's crazy to say that you know he he needs to build value up when he is in at the least the top three in base in the National League in home runs, but he, he needs to rebuild some value up. Well, he's he's going right in an Adam Dunn season right now, and oh. we saw how the type of number you know the type of paydays Adam Dunn got, unfortunately or fortunately. So, yeah, I would take it. So would I. God, man, I would love to have a lot of money. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Davey Martinez, meh, kind of can see some questionable decisions, but he also isn't dealing from the strongest deck right now. That That's why I'm still pausing about giving my opinion on Davey overall, because I feel like he's really not playing with a, much of a deck. So to, yeah. you know, be doing, I've seen him pinch hit a couple times for the catcher, which is great considering he's got Severino and Keyboom back there. I guess now Weeders is back, but although that's not a dramatic step up. But mm-hmm. nevertheless, I at least thought that was something that, you know, a Dusty Baker type, you know, an old schooler guy wouldn't do. So I, I like that at times, but that's it's really difficult for me to find something, you know, positive about managerial in-game stuff that I've seen from Davey, so... Yeah, um, that kind of leads directly into the next topic, I guess. Um, trade deadline is coming up here in a couple short weeks, two and a half, maybe three weeks, something like that. Uh, the Nationals have already been somewhat active, getting a really solid uh, back-end reliever from the Kansas City Royals and Herrera. Uh, what else do the Nationals need to do? Well, I think catching is is probably the first place that we want to talk about, but now we have three weeks or two and a half weeks to see what Weeders can do. He's going to be back tonight uh, as kind of we're talking, but I think they need another catcher. Do the Nationals pay uh, a bounty for JT Real Muto, all-star from the Florida Marlins, or do they go with a less expensive option and welcome home... Wilson Ramos, who is having an all-star season and will be the uh, AL starter at catcher. I just think Ramos makes too much sense, doesn't he? I mean, he, he does. Just leave him here after the all-star game. He knows the pitching staff. He's been here. He's having a good season. He's in the final year of his walk year. He's making a fair amount of money, so maybe you can get him for a cheaper prospect cost, quote-unquote. It, it just... The Tampa wants to clear salary. They're not going anywhere. Why isn't this deal going to happen? Is more. I mean, I would love to get Real Muto, but I don't know how that trade works, and I'm not sure that there's a great fit trade-wise. But 
it just feels like Ramos is too good of a fit. Like, like you say, leave him in DC. Just come on, you know, handle the yeah, pitching staff. He- Weeders can be your backup and hit right-handed occasionally and blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, carry the bags, but this would be one of the few instances. I think Mike Rizzo would kind of waive his no rentals policy. Um, but we've seen a couple of those. We've, more, I mean, we've, we've seen, seen a, we've seen a few, but generally he likes to get more of a turn look at Madsen and Doolittle um, that deal last year. And he just, that's generally more of a Rizzo thing. He wants more uh, security going forward. If he's going to give stuff up at the deadline, um, but I don't think reacquiring Wilson Ramos would necessarily qualify because one of the issues is you're not sure about fit. You're not sure about clubhouse chemistry, which whether we like to acknowledge it or not, it is a thing that exists. Um, everyone has coworkers they dislike. Well, <laughs> and if there's one position I think we can all agree on that really matters with how you get along, it's catcher. Because you've got yeah, to get and- along with all 13 members of that pitching staff. And this would uh, put Weeders back down to a um, a backup role, and it would put Keyboom down in the minors playing every day. We already saw Severino go back down, so he could play every day. So it gives them time to play, uh, and then and also Wilson Ramos can just be the guy. And also speculating, it gives the Nationals a nice insight into whether they want to sign him for a two or three year deal coming up at the end of this season to see if he wants to come back and be the if not full-time catcher, be the 85 to 90 game a year guy. So I, it makes too much sense to me why, why that trade won't happen. But sometimes yeah. in baseball, when things make too much sense, they, they don't end up happening. So Absolutely, absolutely. But so, I would, but yeah, I would be I, loving, I, I mean, it, to let's have, if we can take Ramos off the table. Yeah, I would love to talk about Real Muto or some of those other guys. But when it makes too much sense with Ramos, it's almost like, why are we – going down the other path. Yeah. yeah, obviously getting someone like JT Realmuto would be a much more long-term situation than getting Wilson Ramos. Younger, cost-controlled, all of that. But the premium the Nationals are going to have to pay to the Marlins to trade in division, uh, such a good player, it's going to be high. Uh, he's probably the most sought-after catching, uh, I guess, trade chip uh, here this July. So that's going to be a much bigger deal. And we were talking before the season, you know, I don't want to trade Robles, but maybe we can trade Soto. Uh, Obviously, at this point, I don't think there would be a person on the planet that would trade uh, Juan Soto for JT Real Muto right now. Well, Soto's our best hitter right now, so we really can't trade him. So, yeah. That's that's a big problem, particularly when we're trying to win the division. So, like you say, I, no, we can't trade Soto. Robles is still getting back. You don't want to trade him. So then it's nope. is Ke- Carter Keboom enough? Probably not, even yeah, though Keboom's having not. a hell of a season. Do you keep running out Fetty and hoping he can be a major league quality arm for for them? And at a certain point, are how much value are they going to put on a 26 year old that's had some success at the major league level? I mean. Some, but he's getting old, older in the tooth for a prospect. Seth or Seth Romero has got issues. Got and you stink st- on him. And then you start looking at the next level. So it's, I, I think it's more a difficult fit, which is why we haven't seen Real Muto come to Washington. I think it's been more, there hasn't been that guy between Carter Keboom and Robles and Soto to make the deal happen. 
Yep. So I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but there's, there's but at I, least two options. I think what it's else, uh, what before, else do the Nationals need? I'm sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you, but no, I will say, ahead. I think if we were talking in a month from now, I'd be very surprised if we haven't made one or two trades. I think one and a half would probably be the line. You know, if I was setting it in Vegas, and I think it's probably a fair over and under. I would think so. Um, I would take the over, I think. Um, yeah. I just think right now the Nationals need a little bit more help. Uh, than one and a half trades worth. Let me um, let me uh, let me build off that question. Then let's take catcher off the table. Where do you want to? Where would would you want starting pitching, relief pitching, and what what player would you, you know, within reason? I mean, we're not trading for Mike Trout, but what player would you want to bring in? Type player. I'm honestly not sure of the starting pitcher uh, talent pool right now, trade pool, um, but I definitely think a starting pitcher. Uh, would be in the cards, uh, especially with Tanner Roark not really performing. Gio Gonzalez kind of in a little bit of a slump right now. And then um, Jeremy Hellickson, he had the one injury, but he's back now. So you're seeing Jeffrey Rodriguez out there. So I would like to see someone, a four or five. So we're not trading for a Jeremy Hellickson 2.0. We're trading for a... Gio Gonzalez 2.0, how, how good of a pitcher are we trading for? I think you probably want to look at someone more along the lines of a Gio Gonzalez 2.0. Okay, uh, like a 3-4 like is a what bit you're more, saying. Okay, But have uh, a lot of control um, because Gio Gonzalez is in a walk year. I want Very to say true. Taylor Roark is next year in a walk year. Also correct. Um, so there's two pieces right there. Jeremy Hellickson, he's on a one-year deal. So you're going to need some stuff down the road for 2019. And right now, it's not looking like Jeffrey Rodriguez is going to be that guy. It's not looking like Eric Fetty is going to be that guy. So I think you need someone, uh, a good four or a solid three type hmm. pitcher. Okay. So um, what about if that guy's not out there or just putting that aside, bullpen, still a concern, not a concern? Where are you with the bullpen? I think – I think something in the bullpen is going to be available uh, of six, seven inning guy, not an eight, nine. I mean, you've got uh, with some rest, Madsen and Kinsler should be okay. Uh, Herrera is great. Doolittle is lights out constantly. Um, I think you need someone that can give you more than one inning at a time. Hmm. Okay. Cause um, I'd, I'd so like I to get a lefty. There's going to be someone on the scrap heap that you can trade to, like one twenty-five to thirty prospect in your system, and maybe one other organizational piece that you can get someone with experience that can eat some innings for you and just be consistent—a Matt Albers type, if you will. Okay, because I'd like to get a if you know I'm playing GM. If we're doing that, I'd like to get a lefty if I could, like a really lights-out lefty specialist type guy to move yeah. Solis to the second. You know. Doolittle's doing the closer thing. I know he's a lefty, but excluding him, I'd like to put Solis as the second lefty in that pen and then using this lefty specialist type guy as the, either in the sixth inning or the eighth inning, you need to get that name, Freddie Force Freeman, yeah. uh, you know, whoever, Aduba Herrera, whoever you need to get that lefty that really, you got to get that out. That's the that's the guy that I, I don't think they have in the bullpen. Yeah, I don't think they have that. Uh, well, I think they do have that. I just think, He's the closer. Yeah. Um, well said. Well said. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a, a lefty, a, a really solid loogie would be great. But I think right now, one of the issues is they don't have a pitcher who kind of has that defined long man role that can yeah. bridge a gap from the fifth to the seventh inning for you. Right now, you're piecing it together with three, maybe two, maybe three pitchers. Well, and you're getting three pitchers in there in a game when if you had one guy who could kind of not be a fireman necessarily, I don't think uh, that person's going to be out there, but someone who can come in, maybe give up one run and two and a third, something like that, but generally shut them down uh, every three, four days so that you don't have to pitch those three pitchers every other day. I agree with you, Craig. The only thing I would say to that is I, I think the guys that you're talking about are now working as starters, Fetty and, and Jeffrey Rodriguez. I think those would be the guys that would fit that role they if would, we weren't dealing with... Which is with... why I think you need to find it outside the organization right now. Right, right, right. So it, it's one way or the other. Do you get it from... Do you get the fireman and then keep those guys there, or do you get the starter and then bump those guys back? But yeah, we're saying the same thing. Yeah, but I, I definitely think there's definitely more than one and a half trades in there. Uh I think you need some type of pitcher that's going to be here into through next year that you can count on. Um, I hope you're right. Outside okay. of outside of Max and Strass. And you don't need someone great. You need a three, you need a four. That's it. One of those two. Like someone solid who you can count on to go out and give you six innings of three run four run ball and keep you in the game like you need that you don't need i mean because honest to goodness roark is pitching his way towards a non-tender type pitcher i mean that's really yeah. where he's heading right now if we're really going to start looking ahead towards next season i mean he's going to be a hell of a tender at 10 11 million 12 million dollars the way he's pitching and he doesn't have anything left to shave that i know of <laughs> so, i hope not i hope not this I, is a family friendly podcast so i'll leave it there Ish, ish. Anyways, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's a uh, all-star. Uh, I, or excuse me, the trade deadline. Um, Rizzo likes to work early. Uh, the all-star game is in DC, so you would think that there's going to be some GMs hanging out, uh, hopefully making some deals. Um, I don't think Rizzo's going to stand pat. And I feel like, and this is completely just off the top of my head, but I feel like at least once or twice he's made a deal over the All-Star break before you get back on that Friday. I feel like for sure the Austin Currents deal happened like that, and I feel like at least one other deal has happened in the last couple years. God, the Austin Currents-Felipe Lopez deal. Ryan Wagner, too. Don't forget me. Oh, Ryan Wagner, Gary Majeski, Bill Bray. Don't, Don't bring that. I know what's up. Oh, God. What a coll- what an amazingly big trade to end up completely worthless completely at the end of the day. Mediocre. God, I was so upset about Bill Bray. And just if you look at that deal, the amount of just that uh, that all yep. eight guys were. It's pretty amazing. Daryl Thompson actually... is now pitching for the Southern Maryland Blue Crabs, or at least he was. I mean, it's it's a really Oof. fun deal to look at when when you realize the just Royce Clayton was in that. He did nothing for them. Yep. I mean. Just a very fun, fun to look at well, eight guys to go in a trade and nobody worked out. Well, it's funny thinking about stuff like that and just fun trades. I think my favorite has been the Nationals got Tanner Roark for 17 games of Christian Guzman. Yeah, before he completely hurt himself and they decided they were going to play a shortstop in left field. That was yep. a good move. 
17 games of Christian Guzman. And don't and forget, the they got bat. the double-A performance of him, one Ryan Tatusco as well. That's right. Twitter superstar Ryan Tatusco goes down in the uh, Nats reliever Twitter Hall of Fame with, uh, what the hell's his name, Colin Ballister. Oh, I remember Bally. Bally 50, yep. I think he was on Twitter. Yeah. Bally Star, yep. Oh, Bally Star, that's what it was. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Had some fun relievers, man. He had a Valley um, Star mustache going on for a while, too. It was very, oh, very concerning. Yes. Very strong. And then I think he went to Detroit and then out of baseball. Speaking of which, where's Drew Storin? Oh, that's a good question because I, I knew that answer at one point. Why that I'm blanking on this. Oh, before we move on from trade deadline, question for you. What do you how do you feel about Matt Harvey? Uh, I, I thought that rumor was one of the funniest things that I had heard about in a long time. Yeah. That we're getting Harvey to DC. We're getting a Scott Boris sycophant in John Heyman giving us a rumor that two God. Scott Boris clients are coming to Washington DC with thirteen Boris clients on the roster. Yeah, I thought that was a very uh, interesting. How about that word? We'll use. Yeah. We'll leave it there. Interesting is good. Um. Man, well, he turned it around. I will give him credit. I did think that he needed to get out of New York, and I thought if he did get out of there, I thought Cincinnati was about the worst place he could go. But I will say yeah. that uh, in, in, he needed to go to a small market where nobody would care. He's going to be a fun gamble for whoever ta- for whoever signs him this offseason. And I'm really yeah. curious what that contract looks like, and I'm really curious where he goes. Incentive-laden deal. And, Right, but he's going to have enough suitors who are going to look at this in his past performance and be like, hey, I'm going to gamble on this too. And we know the Mets were a dumpster fire, so. I mean, when you've seen guys, I, I mean, I know it was the Mets, so take that with a grain of salt, but when they've signed guys like Bartolo Colon for $10 bucks for a year, what is Harvey? Does he get two years? Does he, I'm, like I say, I'm, I'm spitballing. I mean, but I, I think have it's no, going to be more than two and 30. I do too. Now that you said, I mean, is it more than the Rich Hill contract? Are we getting into the fan graphs conversation <laughs> now? I mean, but th- that's kind what of was where that, we're at. 3.45? And it was great because every start he was like, all right, now I'm up to 3 for 48. All right, I'm up, I'm up like $1 million. Yep, yep, yep. It was great. But, uh, no, definitely an interesting report. Uh, don't see him coming to D.C. <laughs> I don't see that at all. And in fact, if you had asked me two months ago, I would have said somebody just puts him in relief and lets him start airing it out as a seventh inning guy. But Oh, totally. Maybe it's going to work out for him. I hope it does. I actually think he's a decent guy. Yeah. I don't know why. I think he's been put in a horrible circumstance. But I've always thought he was like a Scientologist or something like that. Like He just screams like Tom Cruise level crazy. That, that's, a, that's a pretty high level. I mean, that, yeah. that is like starting off at the Hall of Fame first ballot. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, one quick thing when we get to the All-Star game, um, which I'm sure everyone's dying to hear about. Uh, thoughts on Jason Worth retiring and the discussion of, A, having a Jason Worth night in September, and B, putting his number in the Ring of Honor. Um. First of all, I, I am, for full disclosure, I am not the world's biggest Jason Worth fan. So just putting that out there. But still, uh, yes to a Jason Worth night and, and yes to him being in the Ring of Honor. Wow. 
I did. I thought I was going to get a little more heat from you on that one. Uh, no, I, but I'm also one of those guys. You put every, anybody in the Ring of Honor who's worth. I mean, you know, it, that to me is such a nonsense. Like you put somebody in a team's yeah. Ring of Honor. Like okay, you know, yeah. if people liked you, put them in the Ring of Honor. Who cares? You know. And yeah. I will say, there's a there's a large segment of this fan base that loves Jason Worth. Oh yeah. So whether or not I agree with that, that doesn't need to be the point. I I think that there can be a night for that part of the fan base that really wants to celebrate him. I'm more of the give him a polite clap and a thank you. I think there's some that might be a little more boisterous than that. And I think that segment of the fan base, God bless him, go for it kind of thing. Yeah. But I don't have a lot of heat. I, I uh, Worth is one of those guys. He bugged me a lot more when he was batting second in the playoffs than he is now. Eight months later, it's one That's of those. It, you know, and it, I'm going to like him more in five years than I do today. I'm going to like him more in ten years than I do then. He's going to be one of those guys for me. Okay, well that's good. What about that's you? Good. Let me turn it around because you were looking for more heat. What about you? What are I your thoughts? I was looking for more heat. I just I didn't expect you to go soft on me, Ryan Sullivan. Mm. Um. Yeah, I think it's kind of strange that this um, Jason Worth night or whatever is happening this season. Uh, he did not play for the... Oh, hey, look, yet another Juan Soto home run. Yeah, he's kind of good. He's, he's, did you know... Hey, Ryan, did you know he's 19 years old? <laughs> yeah, I've heard that once or twice. Have you? Like, yeah. I haven't heard anyone talk about it. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Um, did not see that coming. Uh, anyway, um, I think it's kind of strange to have it this year in a season where he has not played for the team, uh, that he was a free agent after last off season. And it very clearly was, thank you for your service. (laughs) Good luck. Uh, and then just kind of gone. I thought I think it's very strange to kind of do that this year instead of maybe waiting till April, May of next year and then doing something like that. I think it's just strange that he hasn't been a member of this ball club for the last nine months or whatever. I agree, but I I give the Nationals credit for standing their ground like, no, we think you're done. So does Major League Baseball. And okay, now that you've made that decision, now you can come back to the home front. Like I do give him some respect for that in that respect. Yeah, I'm keeping fine. It a... I'm fine with them inviting him back into the clubhouse, hanging out there. That, I think that's been a cool so. Thing would you be better off, is. Craig, if they did a May 2019 Jason Worth night? Would you be better than the September 2018? Is that what's getting you? I I think so. I would be more comfortable with that. It gives more time for separation. Um. Now, do you? Is there any? Just, I can think, I flip it around I, I think, on you that we may really need a team to get fired up in September, and maybe a Jason Worth night might be a good thing. No, because he's already in the clubhouse, and I don't think it makes that much difference if there's a night around him at the ballpark, as opposed to if the Nationals really need a team leader, uh, having him in the clubhouse now, it's going to make the same effect as having a random night in September. All right. I, I'm so, I'm not sure I completely agree with you, but I, I see your point. All right. Yeah, I I, I just don't see it as much. Um, I think this Honor, team kind of. I feel like this team has been sleepwalking for most of the season. So if you can trot Worth out to 
get a pop and kick. throw the first pitch, then maybe that'll light the fire on this team for you know nine innings. But I, yeah. I don't know. I'm willing to do anything at this point because it feels like yeah. this team has no energy at all. Um, and then as for Winger of Honor, I kind of feel the same way you do. Uh, there was some talk about retiring his number. Don't think that's warranted. But I don't. I don't know. I, I I'm I'm into the with baseball. I don't. And the Yankees are getting into it now. I'm not sure that I want to put the Nationals and the Yankees in the same sentence in that regard. But I'm more into the honoring the number. But you don't retire it. You know, yeah. if somebody else wants to come through ten years later and wear it. Great. But you know, you're not going to retire if Bryce goes somewhere else. You're not going to retire his number. You no, might I don't honor think it so. though. But you wouldn't retire it. That would be craziness. So, no. As of right now, in the Nationals, there is one number that's going to be retired, and it's number eleven. And then, as soon as Max Scherzer's done, it's going to be number thirty-one. And even I like in the, in the way, uh, and I don't know if it's college football or pro football, but you know, there's certain just equipment managers that just won't give out that number. Like it's yeah. not retired. It's basically just, yeah, I want eleven. Nope, sorry, you're not getting eleven. But I want 11. Yeah. Well, sorry, you're not getting it. We don't have it. You know, sorry. Yeah. One of those. So, yeah, it's uh, interesting. But I definitely know that you've uh, – I know your thoughts on Jason Worth, and I expected a little bit more heat, but that's okay. That's okay. I mean, you know, um, it's one of those. He was very overrated to me on the field, and he was very underrated off the field. So however you want to balance that out. But obviously he was a huge figure in the franchise. He, he did – he was the first big free agent signing, if you want to go there, and just in that respect, and he did have the biggest hit in the franchise history thus mm-hmm. far in 15 years. So uh, for me, that's enough to put somebody in a ring of honor when, <laughs> you, you know, you could have a thousand people in the ring of honor. No one would care. So, Yeah. I mean, I, for one, think Preston Wilson, Wilson should be in the ring of honor. Hey, Mike Baxick, for his home run to Barry Bonds, should be in there for yeah. me. So. There you go for that's proving enough. one. Yes, exactly. Well, trust Absolute me. The, the problem was is that eighty-five mile an hour pitch wasn't grooved. That was his heater. That was the problem with that. But <laughs> um, okay, cool. So last but not least, uh, All Star Game coming up next week at Nats Park in DC. Uh, yeah, have you heard? Mr. Ryan it's coming to DC. To, have you heard? He's going to be in DC uh, attending. Which events? All the events? Um, I have my podcast is doing a live event on Sunday, so I'm going to miss the Futures game, but I will be at the Home Run Derby, and I will be at the All-Star game. Look at that. So if anybody wants to hang out, literally, I'm free for three days in D.C., so give a yell. I am going to be at the Home Run Derby myself, uh, Section 226. Uh, Not probably going to catch anything, but it's going to be cool to see – Big well, flies. So let me give nice. you a very jealous moment. Guess who my seatmate is for the home run derby and the all star game? Is it Joshua Kuznick? No, way better. Is it is it Jeremy Jeffress? Way better than that. Mr. Um, Jonathan Mr. Feng. Oh, I was gonna say Mr. Belding. No, Jonathan Feng is way better than Mr. Belding, please. Yes, <laughs> Mr. Feng is gonna be my seatmate. That's a pretty good seatmate. Feng is a friend of the pod. True. That's awesome. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So Yeah, that'll be great. That'll be shenanigans. But are you uh in, in I know I've been kidding around, we've been kidding around, but are you I'm starting to really get fired up about the All Star game and I didn't know that I would kind of get this as a fan fired up. 
you know, it's cool to see the guys, but I'm actually really getting fired up for the game and the festivities and all the seeing the park and all that stuff. Yeah, it's um it's funny, I was watching a game, I think it was the Thursday night game where the Nationals came back, and I'm sitting there looking at the field and I'm like, the field looks like crap. The W is all faded. Like, ugh, it just looks come on, you've got the all star and then I was like, Oh wait. They're probably just letting it fade so they can put the nice fresh paint, all star game stuff, the bunting. I honestly I think the uniforms are really neat. Like I I can't honestly say if this is me just biased because it's, you know, nice script national and nice script American, very much stylized like the Nationals uniforms, but I think the uniforms are sharp. I think they're I hate to use the word classy, but I think they're they're really nice. They're not gaudy. They're the opposite of tacky, which they've been many years. The ones in Miami really jumped uh. out to me that were really bad. But I agree with you. I actually, I, I, I'm putting a roll 55 on them. I like them better than average for sure. Nice. Wow, look at that. I'm not going to buy one. It's not a six. But, you know, it's a very solid, very – I like it. It's clean, like you say, clean lines. It looks good. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like the hats. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what the ballpark looks like. Uh, when what they do with, you know, extra bunting and uh, signage and that kind of stuff. Because outside the park, uh, everyone's hope was that the surrounding area of the Navy Yard was going to be uh, really nice and developed. But as of right now, it's not been as fast as originally hoped to get the All-Star game. Um, Thanks, Lehman Brothers. Yeah, yeah there is a lot of uh, open construction there. And uh, it's really... It's, it's going to be a different feel. Uh, it's not going to be the sight lines of, you know, Camden Yards or PNC. It's not going to have the ridiculous statue uh, like Marlins. Uh, it's going to be big old construction cranes and construction. And, I mean, I think that's pretty neat, too, because it shows how much the area is growing uh, because of the gentrification of the area. Um, and you've got... What's today? The 9th um, on the 14th, DC United's Audi Field is opening uh, with star Everton player Wayne Rooney making his DC United debut. Um, So it just says a lot uh, for next week with the Navy Yard area. Just it's a big moment for the city of DC to have both of those things kind of taking place right the same week. Uh, I think it's great. I'm really excited to see what everything looks like. Um, yeah. My entire life, I wanted to go to a home run derby, and I think I finally just got a ticket yesterday. No, Saturday. So I was going to, my next question to you was going to be so, what are you most looking forward to in the All Star festivities? I think you just answered my question pretty easily. Yeah. So. Definitely the home run derby. Uh, I, I've, I always wanted to go to the Futures game, but a little birdie told me that no one actually really goes to the Futures game to watch the Futures game. Uh, so I'll just set uh, set my DVR, and hopefully I will be at uh, Cleveland Park Bar and Grill. Yeah, thank you for that plug there. Uh, thank you. So, Drink specials, a Mr. Belding signed baseball. Yeah, I guess I'll take this as, as the, the lead-in, but yeah, Sunday. Yeah, this is a little bit of a lead-in. We'll talk a little bit more about it, but yeah. Uh, I have a live podcast with Joshua Kuznick, uh, the MLB agent. I do a podcast with fairly uh, regularly. He's coming into town. We were hoping Jeremy Jeffress was going to make the All-Star game. His client didn't make it on the first go-around. Let's hope 
you know, somebody gets sick, somebody gets injured, blah blah blah. But uh, and let's let's be let's be honest with anyone that hasn't been t- paying attention to the Jeremy Jeffress story. Uh, he is currently on pace to have what a top twenty reliever season in major league history. He just recently went over a one point zero zero ERA for the first time this season. It's extraordinary. He's got the by far the highest uh, whatever leverage or relief leverage indexed of any pitcher in baseball. He he comes in. They use him in every situation. He's he's been extraordinary. I mean, I I don't really have any other better way to put it. Please go look up his numbers if you don't believe me. It's what he's doing is exceptional. And I know Josh Hader's probably getting a little bit more recognition in Milwaukee's bullpen and nothing to take away from him. But uh, they've got a righty doing some great things in that bullpen too. Yeah, Josh Hader who took time to uh, when being interviewed about his first career All Star appearance made sure to make mention. That Jeremy Jeffress should be there with him. Also a 19th round pick of the Orioles out of Millersville High School. Very nice. Wow. Josh Hader. That yep. means nothing to me. But. Yep. So, nice job with that Bud um, Norris deal, though. That was good including him, though. Good job, Orioles. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Uh, All-Star game. Really looking forward to the home run derby. My entire childhood. All I wanted, I wanted nothing more in life than to be one of the kids running around in the outfield <laughs> oh, for the wow. home run derby. Okay, I could have seen that. Now and you might I, look a little weird with a beard next to wow. the like adolescence, but you know. Wow. Okay, Bryce that joke Harper wasn't that good. So the, what happened? Over the pirate's oh. hedge <laughs> in center field. Wow. The center fielder did not even move. Are we making a comeback? And I'm missing it. 6-3 in the sixth, so and don't call it away. a comeback. Oh, and that was Harper's 22nd home run of the year. Um, yeah, I, I always got mad at the little kids in the outfield because I was like, they can't catch a fucking fly ball. I can catch a fly ball. Let me get out there and chase these. I will say, those kids always had the best-looking uniforms, and they always looked like they were the worst <laughs> like the worst players on their team somehow. Yep. I was like, wait a minute. Yep. Don't you get the all-stars so, yeah. on the team, like the guys that can catch, but... I don't know. Yeah, and I think now with the new format uh, that they started uh, two years ago, maybe with the home run derby, where it's timed, um, I I am just really excited to see it in person. Uh, home runs are fun, and I just want to see with it being Nats Park. Um, it's going to mean so much more to me as a fan seeing it than if I were to go to you know, Minnesota or Detroit or Texas, because I know the quirks. I know that (laughs) when someone hits the third deck in right field, that's a big fucking deal. I know if someone can get it up to where the mass intent is on the concourse, that's a big deal. You know, I know what's in what's, what's a big fly in our park. Well, and I I just, I'm really excited because I think we overlook the fact that how good these guys are sometimes. I think we take it for granted all the time. And and I know I do, but I sit there and watch a lot of low A baseball and then I get reminded quickly how good the major leaguers are. But just watching Aaron Judge hit these monster home runs or Bryce Harper or whoever in the, of the 10 guys they put in there, I mean, that's going to be really, really cool. Just if we can go back to, you know, 12 year old Ryan or 12 year old Craig, like, yeah. That's going to be really cool if we can just kind of let ourselves go into that. Oh my God, he just hit it 460 feet. Like, that's a football field and a half. Like, oh yeah, my God. You start it's putting in that. really cool. Like, you know, just it's the going things, to. 
So. I think it's going to, yeah, like you said, I think it's going to bring out the child. It's going to bring out that wonder that made us baseball fans in the first place. I mean, uh, I can't speak for you, but like I grew up in Seattle watching Ken Griffey Jr. like hit home runs and just the feeling of seeing someone just hit the ball a metric button is just going to be so fun. And it's just going to be. It's going to be an enjoyable night at the ballpark where I don't have to worry about my team winning or losing, and I can just sit there, enjoy the night, and watch the best hitters on the planet hit the ball to the moon. And batting practice is really fun with a couple of adult beverages. I've heard. Yeah. Anyways, oh, I've heard. I definitely plan on flasking it. So, sorry. <laughs> um, Nationals, whatever. They have three All Stars. They're not going to have a fourth because there's no way Trey Turner is going to win the final vote because. Nationals fans generally don't do well in final votes. Well, in in fairness, our our fan base is just not as developed. I think that's I don't want to say it, it the wrong way, but we've only been around for a shorter amount of time than, than every other team. So, yep. And you're talking about the D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area, which is certainly the D.C. area is smaller, anyways, than than most of the other cities. So it's smaller and it's transient. Yeah. So I, I'm not. Not to say, I mean, I wrote an article on Masson on Friday that, hey, Trey is one of the best 10 players in the National League, and he's not going to make the All-Star game, and that really sucks. But yeah, it's okay. Let's yeah. really cheer for him next, you know, Friday or whenever when they come back home, and, and we can really cheer for him. So. Yeah, so it's going to be a blast. I'm really looking forward to seeing the festivities. Uh, I think I'm going to get to take Little Mac to the Fan Fest. Oh, man. So, all right. So uh, we're going to go with Uncle Sean which is going to be a blast. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, That's a lot of Mac getting... trouble right there. Hey-o. Yeah. Hey-o. That's right. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what the Fan Fest is. I know it's at the convention center. Um, it's going to be fun, and it'll be an experience to enjoy with my son. Um, if he cares to remember to like sports when he's older, then he'll appreciate having been. If not, he won't remember anyway. Well, it's one of those things he'll put on his bucket list, but it's kind of a cheat. Like, yeah, I went to All Star Fan Fest when I was two and a half. You know, well, you went. Yeah, yeah it's it just counts. like I, you know. just like I woke him up for the last uh, minute of the Stanley Cup Final Game Five. So it counts. You know, he saw yeah. it. Yeah, I've got pictures. Oh, I saw. I saw you tweeting oh, it yeah. out. They're proud, Papa. So, I caught it. That's right. So anyway, uh, All Star Game is fun. We've got. Bench is clearing now in Pittsburgh, and I think we're probably going to sign off. Ooh, with that, all right. Uh, thank you, Ryan, for coming on this podcast. Once again, Sunday night, 5 p.m.? Yeah, uh, July 15th, Sunday, this upcoming Sunday, if you're listening to this, uh, 5 o'clock, Cleveland Park Bar and Grill in Washington, D.C., uh, right off the red line, right across from the Uptown Theater, right down from uh, National Zoo. Really good spot. Uh, we've got a couple. There is of... no cover charge, but there will be f- drink specials. We've got some drink specials. We've got some food specials coming. We've got a small uh, silent auction uh, with some good stuff. I'll be tweeting out the lots here this week. But uh, it's going to be a really fun time. Uh, we, all the proceeds are going to go to a charity that I'm involved with, uh, helping kids go to uh, you know underprivileged kids go to private schools uh, that want to stay in private schools. So it's. It's a really, uh, it's near and dear to my heart, the charity as well, hoping to do some good things, uh, bringing some people out to talk baseball, have some fun, and also, you know, uh, raise a little money for a good charity. So hopefully everybody wins and uh, we have a nice event on, uh, hopefully the weather holds out on Sunday 
or it really rains and the futures game gets rained down then everybody comes to hang out with us but uh one way or the other uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun this sunday night at cleveland park bar and grill and i hope anybody that's listening to this please come out awesome thank you ryan uh thank you everyone for listening i hope you enjoyed episode 163 of nat stalker on the go i'm craig McHenry, uh and i will talk to you next time thank you